like his desserts, I mean, he makes them really fancy. He's the only one here that makes fried ice cream. <laughs> I'm Lisa Morehouse, and this is California Foodways. For this podcast, I've been traveling the state, interviewing farmers and restaurant owners, people who deliver food to the hungry, people who make frozen burritos and grow coffee. But I realize that even though there are so many cafeterias in our state, at tech companies and prisons and hospitals, I'd never interviewed someone who worked in a cafeteria. So in this episode, I'm bringing you this profile of Brennan Timol. He's a guy who never takes his apron off. He spends all week cooking at the cafeteria of Lassen Community College in Susanville, and all weekend cooking with his family and friends. And in both kitchens, he draws on both his culinary school training and the flavors of his childhood in the Pacific Island nation of Palau. Hi, hi, Brooke. Morning. You guys wanted to go for here. It's 8 in the morning, and the Lassen Community College cafeteria is already busy, besides cranking out breakfast for students. Pancakes from electric cheese. Okay. Cafeteria workers Brendan Timol and Kathy Ritola are also cooking for an event they're catering on campus later today. They want like a fine dining lunch, so we're making some tri-tip and some baked chicken and mashed potato, asparagus. Plus a parfait of toasted angel food cake, whipped cream, and a berry sauce that Brendan prepped last night. I try a homemade brownie bite with cream cheese filling. It's like 8.30 in the morning, but I'm already eating dessert. <laughs> no, it's great. I, I didn't mean to ruin you. <laughs> no, you, you ruined nothing. <laughs> the town of Susanville in the northeast part of the state doesn't have a ton of restaurants. It's small, about 16,000 residents, and just under half of them are people incarcerated at the two prisons. The closest big city is Reno, Nevada, 90 miles away. So Brennan and Kathy say when they have a special catered event here at Lassen Community College, they try to make it special. Last gravy, gravy, beef, chicken, asparagus, dessert. That's it. Brennan's worked with Kathy here for more than 10 years. Where he can excel, he does, and where I excel, I do. So we're, we balance very well together. She's self-taught with 30 years of experience in food service. Brennan went to culinary school and worked in restaurants in Reno. Before going into food, he thought he'd study design. And you can tell, he has a real personal style. He's wearing a bright Hawaiian shirt under a charcoal gray sweater, earrings in both ears, his hair braided and tied in a knot. In the kitchen, he specializes in beautiful presentations and experimenting beyond a stereotypical cafeteria menu. It's like his desserts, I mean, he makes them really fancy. He's the only one here that makes fried ice cream. <laughs> one other thing that's Brendan's domain in the cafeteria is seafood. Today's lunch special. It's a seafood platter. So we have uh, calamari, some shrimp, codfish, and I'm gonna make a pokey, like a Hawaiian dish. He learned how to cook seafood growing up in Palau. Where I grew up, it's always fish, fish, fish. Every day we would have uncles come in with fresh cats of the day. 
His dad prepared sashimi, taught Brennan to sear tuna and make soup. So fish soup, pork soup, chicken soup. His mom preferred making biscuits and gravy. She helped Brennan with the first thing he ever cooked, cupcakes, for his kindergarten graduation. As a teenager, if he was going to the beach with friends and they weren't eating chicken wings, they'd grab bento boxes. Rice and short ribs, fish and a side of kimchi. If you picked up on a few different food traditions going on there, you'd be right. This, it, it's a small island with a lot of uh, different culture in it. That's Motare Niratmab. Most people call him Mo. He's a community elder and a student advisor here at Lassen Community College. Like Brennan, he's originally from Palau. It's an island group close to the Philippines and Guam. We have people from Bangladesh. We have people from Philippines. We have people from Indonesia, China. For hundreds of years, Palau was colonized by Spain, Germany, Japan. After World War II, it was a U.S. territory. It became independent nearly 30 years ago, but has an agreement that Palauans can live and work in the U.S. while the U.S. maintains a military presence on the island. In the mid-1970s, Mo was in middle school, and he remembers how the United States impacted the Palauan food system. United States bring a, uh, they bring a USDA food, and they drop them on the, and when you go pick up big ham with sugar and all this, Mo says stores started carrying spam, bread, chocolate, and that changed how people ate. People don't snack papaya, don't snack mango anymore. It's like tochirol, you know. He says around the same time, the first Palauans came to Susanville on the recommendation of a Peace Corps volunteer. A few years later, in 1981, Mo came to join a cousin. He says, imagine this skinny island boy landing in San Francisco getting on a Greyhound bus. It took him more than two days to get to Susanville, and he was unprepared for the January weather. He'd never seen snow before. And I was wearing a sport shoes and a, a Levi and a t-shirt. There was five feet of snow here. I, get, I thought I came into the wrong place. He was out of his element, failing all of his classes the first semester. But he survived and then thrived. After graduating, he got hired as an academic advisor supporting international students at the community college. He says some Palauan students stayed in Susanville, got jobs in fields like forestry, and brought other relatives over from the islands. Brennan Temol, the cafeteria cook, came here more than 10 years ago to be closer to his wife's family. Now the community is big enough that local grocery stores stock island foods. I find that out when I go shopping with Brennan. Yes, he's cooked all day at the cafeteria. Now he's prepping to feed his family. Yeah, we can go to the Asian Isle right here. He heads to Reno when he needs specialty items, but even here he can get cassava root and taro. At home we go to the farm. That's the root. We pull it out from the ground or the garden, and then we clean it off. We take it home, peel it off, and start boiling. He lingers at the clams he likes to cook with coconut milk and the squid he grills, but picks up tuna. I think this is good. Great. Well, let's meet up, everybody. I'd love to meet okay. folks. Yeah, right. this is my cousin, Alec. Hi. Hi, Alec. The next day, I go to Brennan's house. Uh, Jaden. Hi, Jaden. Can you say hi? Hi. 
Hi, Jaden. How are you? Where I meet about 10 family members who get together every weekend. Uh-huh. Ooh, something smells good. Yes, they're starting stuff. Brennan's preparing a Palauan-inspired meal with help from his family. All right, all right. So, what are we doing? There's taro boiling on the stove. You want to boil it more? Pork tenderizing in an Instapot. Raw fish ready to be sliced into sashimi. He starts peeling cassava root. But in Palau, we call it diorang. And frying whole small fish that have been lightly marinated. We like to eat it with the bones because we like to suckle the eyeballs and all of that stuff. Then he sears tuna, medium rare. Tuna with the furugage, a Japanese uh, rice seasoning. Oh, those look so good. Brennan puts the dishes in beautiful bowls or restaurant-quality platters lined with lettuce leaves and garnished, plated professionally. Plating my food and all of that stuff, yeah. I do it for my family, too. Oh, my God, it's gorgeous. I'll just put it right here. Give me a piece of paper, towel. Even his wife, Aline, wipes a platter before taking it to the table. It's just cleaning up. Oh, my God. You, too? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I learned from him. Yeah, he always has to present it right and plate it right and look pretty. There's hot sauce that came straight from Palau and mayonnaise. See, if we didn't have mayonnaise, we'll send somebody. Yeah, nobody eats. We're going to send somebody to the store to buy mayonnaise. That's how crazy mayonnaise is to us. All right, let's eat. Yeah, let's eat. Let's do it. Brennan's cousin made the pork dish, and it tastes like adobo to me. So I ask about the ingredients. Right, what's the major flavor in this? He says, love. And mustard. Love, he said love. <laughs> what are you trying to say? <laughs> He's joking, but that's what I feel here, love and pride. This is delicious. Thanks for, thanks for having me. Oh, thank you, thank you. We're happy to show what we do. Palauans, right? When I first heard about Palauans in Susanville, I thought these places seem like two different worlds. Palau's a tropical island. Susanville's landlocked, high desert. There's snow on the mountains. And the population is mostly white. But spending some time with Brennan and his family, I learn... Palau and Susanville are not different in the ways that matter to him. Everybody knows each other. That made me feel happy for raising my kids here. He can walk to the store, to work, to meet up with friends. He sees colleagues all around town. He cooks and eats with family every weekend. I feel like this is Palau to me. It's a second home to me. You good? That's it for this episode of California Foodways. The story was reported and produced by me, Lisa Morehouse. It originally aired on the California Report magazine on KQED. Our theme music is by Takanobu. We're funded in part by California Humanities, a nonprofit partner of the National Endowment for the Humanities. You can learn more at calhum.org. To hear more stories, subscribe to the podcast, follow us on social media, and visit our website, californiafoodways.com.